Welcome to this episode of FEA Today. My name is Matt Costella, Director of the Fundamental Evangelistic Association, headquartered at the Grace Bible Church in Fresno, California. Our hope and prayer is that this brief program will encourage you in the things of the Lord and direct your attention to God's Word as you seek to make sense of the world in which you find yourself today. In this episode and the next several episodes of FEA Today, we want to consider the postmodern situation in which we find ourselves, specifically as it relates to the professing church today. Many of you who have been Christians for a while have seen some big changes within the church, especially during the last 20 to 25 years. Many of you who have not been Christians for a long time probably notice that there are a lot of different types or styles of churches out there, and many of them seem to be more and more non-traditional as far as style and beliefs are concerned. Well, times have certainly changed, and the times are changing, and things seem to be changing at an exponential rate of speed. The world in which we currently live is a world vastly different from the world of our parents and our grandparents. Technology is not only changing the way we communicate, but it's changing the way we think. People's attitudes, philosophies, worldview are much different than they used to be as they are becoming more saturated with information through a variety of media. Everything seems to be in a state of flux politically culturally, economically, and particularly religiously. The church is not exempt from this state of flux. This did not simply happen overnight, but it has happened rather quickly. I have mentioned especially within the past 20 to 25 years, as a postmodern relativistic worldview has enveloped our culture. I want to very quickly and simply explain what I mean when I refer to postmodern or postmodern thought. Now, it's much more complex than this, but for the sake of time and our subject matter, allow me to summarize. A quick primer on postmodernism as it relates to the subject of truth and certainty. You see, those who lived in the 19th and the majority of the 20th centuries struggled with the content of truth and differed greatly in their opinions and beliefs about the content of truth. We think of the fundamentalist modernist controversy at the end of the 19th and turn of the 20th centuries. Yet despite these major disagreements concerning the source of truth, at least they recognize the reality or the existence of truth in matters of morality and religion or spirituality. Today, in the 21st century, the enemy of the faith is more than simply the existence of error or the content of error, as it was in the, po- in the fundamentalist modernist controversy, but the enemy of the faith today is the very denial of the existence of objective truth. I believe this is the greatest contemporary crisis in existence today. Today, the questioning or denial of the very reality of objective truth of what is right or wrong, can be observed on all fronts. Morally or ethically, we see this. Cohabitation is now completely acceptable. Abortion is common. Dishonesty in business is rationalized and justified. Philosophically, this is true as well. The secular mind defaults to life centered around one's own feelings 
and emotions than truth or what one knows to be true. In the religious realm, we find this questioning and the denial or of reality of objective truth. Religiously, we have these ideas that exist today that all paths lead to God. That we are to simply seek the good in all religions. That we are to minimize doctrine or doctrinal truth and simply emphasize our own emotions or our own experiences. Students in the classroom or adults in the workplace or even in just passing conversation are likely to hear things like this. What's right or true for you may not be right or true for me. Or maybe this. Who are you to claim to know the truth? Or they even make the claim absolute objective truth does not exist. Or many people today feel that truth is gleaned in bits and pieces from all the great world religions. These are common things that we often hear today in the 21st century. Well, the quick historical context of postmodernism goes something like this. Sociologists, philosophers, and theologians have divided history into three eras, generally speaking. The pre-modern era, that is from the beginning of time to about the time of the Reformation or the 16th century, the pre-moderns believed divine revelation was the source of truth. Now, they may differ as to who or, or what the revelation came from in the form of the divine, but they believe generally that divine revelation is the source of truth. Then we come to the modern era from about the Reformation to the mid-20th century where human reason became the source of truth. We often call this the Humanist Enlightenment Project. When the Reformation came about, man could have turned to authority in one of two places, the scriptures or man. Man turned to himself, within himself. So the source of truth then in the modern era became rationalism, empiricism, science. All these things man believed led to human progress. Naturalism was the key. Now, the latter part of the 20th century, we entered the postmodern era. This is the natural end of modernism. That is, what man is left with when trying to find truth and reality within nature, within autonomous reason, within self, and apart from the divine. Relativism entails any lack of truth at all. All notions of truth are simply socially and culturally constructed. No objective truth exists. As one author stated, everything can mean anything, so really, everything means nothing. That's where we're at today, in the postmodern era. The evangelicalism of the 60s, 70s, and the 80s slowly fostered this shift, with its emphasis away from doctrinal certainty and the literal interpretation of Scripture and its rejection of biblical separation. Yet it was really the turn of this century that produced the movers and shakers who implemented the postmodern worldview into the church. In the early 2000s, the emerging church movement entered the scene. And although the movement itself has now broken apart, really the damage has been done. Leaders such as Mark Driscoll, Doug Paget, Rob Bell, Dan Kimball, Brian McLaren, theologian Robert Weber, and others turned out books and they led conferences that pushed not only the emerging church movement, but created a philosophy that has now permeated and infiltrated the collective conscience of the professing church as a whole. Now, among evangelical and even many professed fundamental churches, we really find the rotten fruit 
of postmodern philosophy and practice. In a nutshell, churches and church leaders who have perpetuated this postmodern philosophy and carried it over into the church possess certain qualities or characteristics. First of all, their teachings have infiltrated all denominations. There are Baptist, Lutheran, Anglican, Episcopalian, Pentecostal, and even Catholic churches that have implemented postmodern spirituality. And those who have bought into this usually like to downplay any denominational ties that they might have. So we find churches with generic type church names, all involved in ecumenical ministries with, with one another within, within various denominations, but their teachings have infiltrated all denominations. The second characteristic is they're often marked by a distrust and a deconstruction of past traditional church models and ministries. They're looking to forge a new way, if you will, to do church, and they frequently criticize the way that church, if you will, has been done in the past. Number three, they are marked by an emphasis upon personal relationships rather than specific programs. Number four, they're characterized by a very heavy emphasis on community and social activism and interaction rather than doctrine or what they would say, believing the right things. And finally, they often boast in their lack of certainty of having all the answers. There's really this pseudo-humility that has marked uh, many of these emergent church and the philosophy of the emerging churches, this postmodern philosophy that we just really don't know. We really can't know. We don't have certainty and we don't have all the answers. In my opinion, it was the rise of the emerging church movement 20 years ago that served as the genesis or catalyst of this shift, this postmodern philosophy and shift in the church. An article in the Philadelphia Inquirer several years ago, many years ago, profiled an emerging church in the Philadelphia area, and in attempting to define an emerging church, this article stated, and I quote, this new flavor of evangelicalism, with echoes of the Jesus movement of the 1960s and 1970s and a dash of medieval ritual, is especially popular among young urban adults. It stresses tolerance, inclusiveness, social justice, and environmental stewardship. And it shifts the theological focus from individual salvation to helping one's earthly neighbors, end of quote. That was an article from an article in the Philadelphia Inquirer back in August of 2005 entitled Emergent Churches Seek a Looser Approach. Brian McLaren, one of the key leaders of the movement, one of the key thinkers and even theological writers in the emerging church movement, cited some characteristics of emerging churches in a column he wrote back in 2005. After describing how many emerging churches focus on context, community, and smallness in size, McLaren says other characteristics include, quote, increased attention to the arts, a rediscovery of spiritual practices from Roman Catholic and Orthodox traditions, a downplaying of denominational identity, and a strong social global concern. Many are even dropping the term church and instead calling themselves missional faith communities, seeking to distance themselves from the expectations surrounding the C word, end of quote. That is the word church. 
The emerging church movement was a movement of people and churches that actually preferred to avoid any type of categorization. They didn't want to be viewed as a movement, and they did not want to be painted with a broad brush or to be defined by broad generalizations. Dan Kimball, who is the founder of Vintage Faith Church in Santa Cruz, California, and, and a leader in the emerging church movement 20, 25 years ago, he said this, quote, There is no single model for the emerging church. Instead of one emerging church model, there are hundreds and thousands of models of emerging churches. Modernity may have taught us to look for a clean model to imitate, but in today's postmodern context, it's not that simple. He goes on and says, I quote, However, you can see striking patterns developing among churches that are connecting with post-Christian hearts and minds all across America as well as in England. There's no one-size-fits-all way of doing things because you can't box in the emerging church. It will be made up of large churches, small churches, and home churches, multiracial and intercultural churches, inner-city, rural, and suburban churches. Brian McLaren stated in his book, A Generous Orthodoxy, I quote, As in most of my other books, there are places here where I have gone out of my way to be provocative, mischievous, and unclear, reflecting my belief that clarity is sometimes overrated, and that shock, obscurity, playfulness, and intrigue, carefully articulated, often stimulate more thought than clarity. End of quote. So you can probably see the difficulty in trying to understand and critique much of what is going on in so many churches today, yet the fruit is visible. And that's what we want to take the opportunity and the time to consider in the next episode of FEA Today. What is some of the fruit of the emergent church movement that is really based upon our new postmodern philosophy of thought? Can we really know the truth? Is there really certainty when it comes to what the church is and what God desires of his church? Well, we believe the Bible declares the truth. We believe the Bible is propositional truth, truth that is something for us today to grasp and understand and to live out in our lives. So tune in next week. We thank you so much for the opportunity to consider these things on FEA today. And may the Lord bless you as you continue to honor and glorify him.